wait to hear from you, Lord. We ask all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Well, good morning. I want to invite you to take your copy of God's Word this morning and turn with me to the book of Psalms, Psalm 91. And also, if you can, Mark, over in Ephesians 6, we're going to reference that too. But primarily, we're going to preach out of Psalm 91. I don't know about y'all, but how many of you believe we're living in the last days? That perilous times aren't coming, they're here. And the Bible is clear that the closer you get to the last days, the more perilous it's going to get. The more you're going to need a place of refuge, a fortress, a place where you can find rest and protection. And I want to talk to us today about one of the great promises that we tend to forget that God has made. I thank God for the eternal promise of going to be with him in heaven, of eternal life. But there's many things he's promised us here, spiritual blessings. And one of the great ones is that in him we find our peace. That when you're rightly connected to God and you're dwelling in the place he wants you to be, which is as close to him as you can get, that you don't have to worry. You don't have to live feeling unsecure. Because in him he has promised us security and promised protection. And I don't know about you, but if you've looked around lately, we need it. Amen? We live in an unstable, insecure, troubled world. But thank God we have a God that if we belong to him, he has promised that he'll take care of us. I want to read the whole psalm, and then we're going to dig into it. It's a beautiful picture of the security of God for the person who genuinely trusts him and believes in him enough to seek him and dwell in his presence. And in the presence of God, there is no evil, my friend. And the closer you get to him, the further you're going to be from the chief source of all evil, the devil and his work. And friends, as you look here today, what a beautiful picture of what God promises to everybody here who seeks his face. He said, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in him I will trust. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, or of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone." God, they looked at last week that the devil has his demons, the fallen angels. It looked like it freaked some of y'all out. (laughs) But guys, I thank God that the Lord's got his angels too, amen? And he commands them for us to take charge and to protect us. And look at what he says. He he says, when they're watching us, we won't even dash a stone against the foot. We're not even going to stump our toe. 
You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra. You shall, the young lion and the serpent, you shall trample underfoot. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore, God says, I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him with long life. I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Certainly, the greatest picture of salvation is the forgiveness of our sin and the blessed promise of eternal life and to be reconciled, never to be separated with God, our Creator and our Savior forever. But guys, I want to talk to us today about promises of security today in this life as we live. There's not a more beautiful picture in the Bible than what we just read. Psalm 91 is a beautiful testimony of God's security in the life of those who trust in Him. Who trust in Him enough to dwell in His presence. To dwell so close to Him that you're under the shadow of His wings, that His very feathers, using the picture of a bird, can comfort you. That's how close. You know, if your faith in God is not strong enough that it's caused you to publicly profess Him, make Him your Savior, publicly dwell where He says to dwell. You know, I'm a believer in church, amen? If your faith ain't got you to church, it probably ain't going to get you to heaven. And we got people all over who say, I believe in God, but they don't have nothing to do with God. They don't even dwell with God. Friends, this is for the person that just walks around saying, oh, I believe in Jesus. This is for the person who comes to Christ and dwells with Christ and walks with Christ. And friends, as we look right here, I want us to think about this. This is a verse that's going to be coming around for a while. It's my favorite verse. It's one of the most influential verses in my life. Paul wrote the book of Ephesians to a church, and he's writing to that church, and he's writing to all believers through this letter that was directed to them that relates to all of us also. And he says, finally, my brethren. Who are the brethren? The brethren are those who believe in God enough that you've trusted him. He's your God. He's your Savior. You've made him your refuge. He's your fortress. And... He says that we are to be strong in the Lord in the power of His might. Why is that so important today? Why is it so important that we make the Lord our fortress? And friends, listen. When he says, finally, what's he talking about? He's talking about what he's already been talking about throughout the book. If you're over there with me in Ephesians chapter 6, I want you to turn with me to Ephesians chapter 1. And I want to show you what he shows, what he's talking about. He's talking about all the spiritual blessings that a believer in God has through Christ. And if you look, the first part of the book starts out, and for those of you who don't have a Bible, I put this one up here. He says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. You see the brethren, the brothers and sisters who are in Christ. That's what he's talking about. He said, Who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. What the book of Ephesians primarily is, is Paul bringing the light and showing what God has done for him, for his people, the church, through Christ, his son, and all of those spiritual blessings that we have. I want you to look with me. Man, they're they're so too numerous to go through, but I just want to give you some good ones. Where he says, Blessed be the God and Father, in verse 3 of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us 
with every spiritual blessing. First of all, look at what he says. Verse 4, just as he chose us in Jesus. I don't know about y'all, but God chose us. We're not like everybody outside of Christ. Not everybody can dwell in the presence of the Lord and have him for a refuge. It's those who have been saved by the grace of God, washed in the blood, sealed by the Spirit, and who are belong to him because we've been adopted by him. Look at what he goes on and says. Not only did he choose us, but look at verse 5. Having predestined us, he predetermined that in Christ he adopted us as sons and daughters. We're the brethren by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. The good pleasure of God's will that he predetermined that through Jesus he would adopt children and make us brothers and sisters in his son Christ. We're his family. And guys, we've got blessings because of that. We have an inheritance because of that. Look at what he says. Perhaps the greatest one of all is in verse 7. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Do you know today what grace's riches has provided for you, my child of God, friend? Do you know what God has done for you and given you and spiritually blessed you with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places? Do you know how many that must be? Because God, he can't ever run out of blessings. He, no matter how much he's blessed you, he always can bless you more. I'm limited in what I can do for you, friend. But God and his amount and ability to bless us is beyond our ability to comprehend. And friends, listen, he goes on and he says, having made known to us the mystery of his will. And look at what he says down in verse 11. I want you to know something. The mystery to me of God's will is he wants to bless people. He wants to bless sinners. And he wants to give us blessings that we don't deserve. And he's here to do some great things for us. And perhaps I want to believe the greatest blessing he's ever given us all is his promise here on earth to protect us, to give us a place where we'll have sanctuary and refuge. Listen to what he says right there in verse 11. In him also we have obtained an inheritance... And Paul goes out throughout the book. In chapter 2, verse 13, I want to show you one more. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Jesus. Did you realize the difference that it came in your relationship with God when the blood of Jesus got applied to you? You knew about God. You knew and heard the name of Jesus. But when the blood of Jesus got on you, you didn't only just know about him. You entered into a true, genuine relationship. You got close to him. Guess what? We all used to be far from God. But now through Jesus, we've been brought near. And because we've been brought near, finally now, my brethren, we can stand firm in the power of the Lord, in the strength of his might. And friends, as you look at what we're looking at here today, this is a wonderful picture of what God's promised us. The promised protection of God is a great spiritual blessing. And friends, if you look around the world today, I want to tell you something. There was a time in America, I can remember, where you didn't have to lock your car, where you could leave your door open, where when you went to Walmart, you didn't have to worry about if there was going to be a shooting before you got back, amen? You didn't have to worry about concealed carry permits. You didn't worry about that everybody had a gun, because back then, guns wasn't a problem because people were not like they are today. But have you noticed that everything has changed? That evil is, with all of our wisdom and all of our technology it ain't getting better it's getting worse you know why because that's what the word of god said would happen 
And friends, I don't know if you believe this today, but you need a place of refuge if you're going to survive. You need, you need a sanctuary. You need a fortress. And that's what he's promised us. Look at what the psalmist says right here. The promised protection of God is a great spiritual blessing. Look at what he says right here. For he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. You know, you can get there and you can really try to be theologically and try to dig deep and make it complicated. Where is the secret place? Friends, it's not hard to figure it out. Just look. He said, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High. Where is the secret place? It's the one who abides so close to him that he's under the shadow of his wings. I can tell you it's not a secret, my friend, as much as you think. It's as close to him as you can get. And guess what? I just showed you through the blood of Jesus. You can get close, my friend. You are close. And he's here to protect us. And friends, as you look right here, he says, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in him I will trust. You know, today, a lot of Christians take a casual approach and live a very dangerous life because we don't really take seriously the importance of dwelling close to the Lord, of making him our refuge and our fortress and staying near enough to him to where we're under the shelter of his wings. Friends, listen. The Bible says, but know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. He speaks about these perilous times here in this text. He calls them the perilous pestilence. He said, surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler. That's a reference to the the devil. In the New Testament, it says that the snare of the devil entraps people. Just as a, a fowler trapped a bird. And from the perilous pestilence. And he shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. I don't know about you, but when I look around today, I realize that there is a great need for refuge. That there is a great need for us to have a place, a fortress, where we can be safe. And friends, listen, that safety is in God. In the book of Revelations, in chapter 12, verse 12, the Bible says that there's coming a day, woe, you inhabitants of the earth, For the devil has come down to you having great wrath because he knows that he has a short time. And friends, the devil knows as much and believes as much in the second coming of Christ as me and you. Probably more. And he can reference and understand Scripture better than us. And friends, the Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, now the Spirit especially says that in the latter times, the last days, some will depart from the faith giving heed, listening to, deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Jesus said in the last days before he comes back, if it be possible, even the elect would be deceived. In the 24th chapter of Matthew. As a matter of fact, his apostles asked him, what will be the sign of your coming? And Jesus says in chapter 24, verse 11 in Matthew, then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. A lot of people going to walk away from the faith. A lot of people's not going to believe in the true God. They're going to believe in another God, a God that is a God of their own making. As a matter of fact, when you read the Bible in the book of Romans, Paul, great theologian to me in the New Testament, gives you a really great picture of what a society that chooses to leave God out begins to look like. And he says, in in chapter 1, he says, because 
what may be known of God was manifest to them, for God had shown it to them. Because they already knew God, they did not glorify him as God. And professing to be wise, they became fools. And listen what the evidence of this happening in a humanity, in a mass of society looks like. He says, they exchanged the truth of God for the lie, and they worshiped and served themselves, the creature, rather than God, the creator, who is the blessed forever. Amen. It says, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased, corrupted mind to do the things which are not fitting. Friends, that is what has happened. It's not happening. It's already happened around you. If you don't find a place for you and your family to be protected, they will become part of that. If you just take an easy approach and you just let things run its natural course, your children, your grandchildren, and even you will become part of them because they are good at discipling people and evangelizing people into their belief system, the world system that is perpetrated and created by the devil himself. And friends, finally it says, and even as they did not like to retain God in their God, he he gave them up, who knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only do they do these things, but they approve of those who practice them. Guys, it's, it's amazing to me how bad it is and how we just seem to have grown accustomed to it and become desensitized to it. It doesn't even scare us enough to seek the face of God and to be serious about dwelling in His presence every day and not just on Sunday and about the only really protection we have is God. I want you to think about this with me. In an unstable, insecure world filled with certain trouble, trusting in the promised protection of God is our greatest security. Would you agree with me? You might be trusting your money, but your money will let you down sooner or later. You might be trusting in the people that are around you, your family, your spouse, but no matter how good a husband or wife you got, they're fallible. Friends, listen, your parents can let you down. There's only one who won't let you down, and his name is Jesus. You may be trusting in an economy or a government. Look around, my friend. Who would be foolish enough to believe that socialism, that the government can take care of you and protect you and provide for you? I don't know about you, I learned a long time ago, God gives us a natural ability to do what we can to take care of ourselves, and then he's promised to do the rest, amen? And God's pretty good at taking care of what we don't have to do. And friends, I don't know about you, but I can't protect you. The church can't protect you. Your parents can't protect you, but God has promised he will protect you, and he will provide for you. I want you to think about this. The psalmist that wrote this psalm was convinced without a doubt, you can see it in the writing. He was convinced that there's security in trusting the Most High God and His promised protection. My question is, for myself, because I don't know about y'all, I doubt, amen? Sometimes I feel insecure. Sometimes I feel unprotected. Sometimes I worry. As a matter of fact, a lot of times if you're honest and you really look around at what's going around, I worry for those boys and that girl sitting there and what's going to happen to them when they're my age. If it continues on the path it's on, look how bad it's gotten in our lifetime. What do you think's going to happen to these grandbabies that we had just born the other day? And I say, Lord, where is it going? And God showed me something that's pretty easy, but it's hard to accept. It's not going in the direction you're going to want it to go. 
but I'm here for anybody who'll seek my face and I'll save anybody who's willing to trust me and I'll take them under my care and I'll be their refuge. I'll be a fortress. I'll give them shelter under the shadow of my very wings. I don't know about y'all, but you ever been out in the sun when it's hot? Friends, I want to tell you something. It's uncomfortable. Man, it's hot out there. It's a wicked world. But under the shadow of the Almighty, there's comfort to be found. There's safety to be found. Because that's shelter, my friend, that does not fail. Can I get an amen? And there's a whole world out there of our fellow Americans who are living in a lie and believing a lie that they are going to be okay without God. And we are right here with them. And we know God. But why is it we don't dwell? Why don't we seek his face? Why aren't we trying to get in his presence? Because, friends, as you look right here, I want you to see what he says. He says, surely, in verse 3, if we dwell in the secret place, if we abide under the shadow of the Almighty, if we make him our refuge and our fortress and our God, if we'll trust, he says, surely he'll deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will take refuge. His truth and his shield and buckler will give us what we need. Look at what he says. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. Have you looked around? All of that's happening in our midst. Have you looked at the news this morning? Last night, a bunch of our fellow Americans went to a baseball game in Washington, D.C. And in the sixth inning, shots rang out. This is a headline. Six-inning scare. Gunfire outside Major League Baseball game in Washington, D.C. Sends fans and players running for their lives. Three wounded. Friends, listen. You ain't even safe at a baseball game anymore. But we think we're safe. I don't know about you, but someone said, said, can you walk with God and not be in the Spirit? And I write what they put on Facebook. They said, you better not even go into Walmart and not be in the Spirit nowadays. Amen? Friends, listen. You need God every moment, every second of the day. Let me tell you how confused society is. There's going to be someone else running for governor in California. Now, California, thank God we might not be quite bare yet, but I'm telling you, we ain't far from it. And you know who the prime candidate is? Caitlyn Jenner. Do you know who Caitlyn Jenner is? Well, let me tell you first who she was. Caitlyn Jenner was a man who's a famous celebrity who represented the, gover- the, the United States of America in the Olympics and won a gold medal. But now, he's no longer Bruce. He's had a change. He doesn't identify anymore as a man who was so much of a man, he won a gold medal in the Olympics against other men. Now his name is Caitlin. And listen what the headline is this morning. Jenner discussed pride in the American flag, and her run for the governor of California. Guys, listen, not only is she confused, American society is confused. 
they accept what she says instead of what truth. All you hear out of government is follow the scientists except in this kind of case. No matter what other people want to say is true, no matter what lie they want to believe, Bruce Jenner was born a man, he will die a man. God didn't make a mistake. But friends, listen, that's what's going on around us. And if you don't keep your children and your family under the security and in the refuge that God has provided in his presence and under the shelter of his wings, they're going to become part of that. They're going to promote it on the television. They're going to promote it in media. And they're going to make it the normal thing. And anybody who don't believe it, you're going to be the bad guy. Anybody who doesn't accept it, you're going to be ungodly. You're going to be the mean-spirited one. And they're going to promote it, and they're going to push it down your family's throat. Guys, today, already, if we're honest, we've lost the model of the traditional family. It's been redefined. You know why we lost it? Because we allowed traditional marriage to be redefined. And now that's not enough for the devil and his cronies. Now they want to redefine what a man and a woman even is, and you can have your choice and be whichever one you want to be. Is that not foolish? But that's what the Bible says. And their minds became corrupted, and in their foolishness, they thought they were wise. Friends, it is not happening. It has happened. But let me tell you something, my friend. If you'll get close to God and you'll hang with God, he'll not only protect you, he'll protect your family. He'll keep you from the pestilence, and that's a pestilence, amen? I don't know about you, but it's unbelievable how quickly it seems like it's happened. But it's been happening, and it's going to continue to happen until Jesus returns. Listen, today, if we're honest, the homes that represent the Christians are just as much a product of domestic abuse and divorce. They have just as many broken homes, and they have just as many unhealthy relationships as the ones out there. You know how that happens? You get away from God. You get out from under His shelter and under His truth. His truth in buckler is our shield. And friends, listen, last night, (laughs) I'm going to tell you all this. Josiah, I was FaceTiming his sister, and I'm just sitting there looking at, everybody knows what FaceTime is? Some people may not. Nowadays, you can actually look, Brother Dennis, at somebody while you're talking to them on your phone. Okay. I know you don't text. I'm sure you probably never FaceTime. Well, we was FaceTiming. Sissy had called me. Josiah comes up behind me, and he's breathing all on my neck with his hot breath because he's wanting to sit there and see his sister. He's missing her. And I'm like, Josiah, get away from me. Get off of me. And man, all of a sudden, he starts going, <sighs> And my natural response, I hit him right in the nose. Sent him to the bathroom. When he come out, he had toilet paper in his nose. He's bleeding. His sister's hollering, Mama, Papa, hit Josiah. His nose is bleeding. Friends, you know, we laugh at that. But the sad reality, that was an accident. I love Josiah. I would never hurt Josiah. But we got homes even in the church that it is coming out that there is that type of activity on a regular basis and they don't even see nothing wrong with it anymore. Friends, listen, how did it get like that? Somewhere, somehow, we got away from God and we got under the influence of a lie. Now, friends, I want you to look at this with me this morning. 
The Bible says right here that God says, if you will make me your refuge and fortress, if you will trust me as your God, I will keep you under the shadow of my wing. Look at what he says in verse 7. He says, though a thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. You know what I can only say about me and Diane? The only reason my marriage is still alive is because of the grace of God. He's kept from us what I've seen many. I don't know about y'all, but have you noticed they've fallen by the thousands all around us? And some of them got Jesus on their bumper sticker and on their T-shirt. Friends, listen to me. You've got to do more than just say his name. You've got to get in his presence. You've got to seek his face. You've got to follow him and make him your sanctuary. You've got to dwell with him. You've got to abide with him. Friends, look at what he goes on and says right there. He says, only your eye. He said, 10,000 will fall at your right hand, but it, may shall, it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. Why? Why is that? Look at what he says in verse 9. He says, a thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes you shall look and see the reward of the wicked, because you have made the Lord who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place. Look at what he says. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. Friends, I don't know about y'all, but not only will God protect you, the next thing I love to see here, he says he'll send his angels to protect you. People say, well, I believe in the cross and I believe in the resurrection, but I just don't know about them angels. Well, if you're not going to believe this page, you've got to tear out the cross page. I don't know about them demons. I don't like that. I don't believe that. Well, if you ain't going to believe there's demons, you need to not believe there's anything else. You need to tear out all of it because it's either all true or none of it's true. And friends, I don't know about you, but I believe I've had help from angels before. Amen? And I believe only heaven will show us how many times we've been saved by the angels that have intervened for us. And friends, listen to what he says right here. This is an unbelievable statement. Not only will God protect you, but he'll even send his angels. Now, guys, if it's important enough that God has to send his angels and give them charge to go out and fight for you and to protect you, that tells me there's some pretty serious stuff going out there that we may not see, but is happening. And look at what he says right there. For God shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in your ways, in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. I don't know about y'all, but I hate to stump my toe, amen? God said, I'm going to take care of you. I ain't even going to let you. If you'll stay close to me, if you'll dwell, if you let me be your refuge, you won't even stump your toe. Amen? But friends, listen. None of us want to believe this because you can't see it, but everything you can't see don't mean it ain't there. Can I get an amen? I want you to listen to this. This reminds me of the wonderful story. Elijah, Elijah one of the great prophets, the, the enemy was after him. They was chasing him down with his army. And they got him cornered. Y'all ever read this? Go read the whole story. It's, it's so cool. It's in the, um, oop, I'm getting this thing ahead of us here. Let me back it up. Don't want y'all looking at it before I'm ready. But guys, listen to this. Elijah is trapped. And the army of Syria is wrapped around him. And it says, and when the servant of the man of God, Elijah, arose early and went out. There was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, At last, my master, what shall we do? They're out there. We're, we're outnumbered. And listen to what Elijah said. This is in 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 16. 
Elijah prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. See, a lot of us got eyes, but we ain't seeing. Because you can only see everything that God has to bless you with through faith. You can't see it by sight. You see it by thus saith the word. And listen what he said. He said, do not fear for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elijah prayed, and he said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around him and Elijah. I don't know about y'all, but I have comfort in that. I believe in angels. You know why? Because everywhere I look, the Bible tells me they are been sent by God. Listen to what it says about angels in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 7. And the angels, God says, who makes his angels spirits and ministers of a flame of fire. Listen to what he says a couple verses down. Are they the angels, not all ministering spirits, sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation? That verse right there, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 14, says that the angels are ministering spirits sent forth to minister to those who will inherit salvation. I don't know about y'all, but I'm planning on inheriting salvation. They are sent to minister us. Do you know that Jesus himself... When he came to earth, he took on flesh and became a man, and he limited himself. Even though he was God, he lived like us. And everything that Jesus did, he did in the power of faith. He was God. You know what? When he went into the wilderness to be tempted for 40 days by the devil, the devil came, but never once did Jesus attack and fight the devil back in the power of him being the son of God. He did it as the son of man. And every time the devil tempted him and attacked him, just like he did us, the devil twisted scripture. The devil tried to deceive him. If you are the son of God, turn these stones into bread. Knowing he'd been fasting 40 days. There ain't a Baptist here wouldn't have done it if he could have. But Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceedeth from the mouth of God. So Jesus handled the devil just like me and you have to handle the devil. He handled him in the power of his flesh by faith through the word of God and the Holy Spirit. And three times the devil tempted the devil, Jesus, and every time Jesus said, the word says it is written. And it says after the last time the devil fled. And you ever notice this, what it says? In Matthew chapter 4, verse 11, it says, then the devil left Jesus and behold, angels came and ministered to the Lord. If Jesus needed angels to minister to him when he was a man in the flesh, I believe me and you need them too. Can I get an amen, Brother Jimmy? And I ain't proud enough to say I need more than one angel. I need lots of angels. My mama told me that the life I live has probably made more Gordian angels ask for a transfer and want a different job than not because she said you make it hard on an angel if you got one. Friends, I don't know about you, but we all make it hard on them. But God's got them there for us. You might say, he's crazy. He believes all that. I believe God is the king of kings. And he hosts the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God has an army. Amen. And I don't know about y'all. Yes, the devil, it says, he has things. He has principalities and spiritual forces of wickedness. He has demons. But friends, listen. Even if there weren't no angels, we don't have to worry. I ask myself, why did this guy have such a staunch, confident trust that God was a refuge that could be trusted, that he was a fortress that could protect him and keep him? Where did he get that from? 
Well, it's in this text, and I think it comes out because he knows my name. (laughs) That's what the Bible says. When you get down to verse 14, it says, because he has set his love upon me, therefore God said, I will deliver him. Where's your love set? What did you abide with all week? Where have you dwelled? Because where you dwelled and what you seek to abide in, that's what you love. Well, I love God. Ain't been with him all week, but I'm here this morning. That's a good thing. (laughs) But if we love God when we get up, we're going to want to be with God. And guess what? He said, I will also set him on high because he knows my name. You see, there's a lot of people here that know the name of Jesus. Amen? We know the name of Jesus. But friends, there's more to knowing Jesus than just knowing his name. There's people around here more than I realize that's beginning to know me. Preaching down at Cowboy Church and doing some full funerals now, and the more I've been here, the longer I'm here, I'll be in Walmart and people come up and they say, Hey, Brother Marvin, I don't know who they are. (laughs) But I've learned to just watch out because wherever I go now, people know me. Friends, there's nowhere hardly anywhere, especially around here, that doesn't know Jesus, know his name. But he's talking about more than just knowing him. He's talking about knowing what he is, what his name represents. See, there's a lot of people who know Jesus, but they don't know him as Savior. There's a lot of people who know Jesus, but they've never known him as Lord. And they surely ain't known him as the Most High and the Almighty. You see, this guy, what he calls God is the Most High. Well, if Jesus is the Most High, then none's higher, amen? And if he's the Almighty, there's none mightier. Can I get an amen? You know where I'm going with this? When you're under the refuge of this God, there's no other higher God that can come against you. When you're in the shelter of his fortress, there's no mightier force that can come against you. He is the Almighty. He is the Most High. He's God. And this man knew that. You see, that's what Peter had the answer for when Jesus said, who do men say that I am? Well, some say you're one of the Old Testament prophets. Some say you're a good teacher. Some say you're this. Jesus said, who do you say that I am? That's the most important thing about us. Who do you say? Is God your Savior? Have you publicly professed Him? Because He said, if you deny me before men, I'm going to deny you. But if you'll confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father. You shouldn't be ashamed. Anybody ask you, who's Jesus? You shouldn't say, well, everyone knows who Jesus is. He's the Son of God. No, Jesus is my Savior. He's my Lord. He's my refuge. He's my deliverer. That's why He's getting delivered. And let me show you what... Paul tells us, the Most High, the Almighty, that's the Lord Jesus, friend. The Bible says that Jesus is the King of kings. There's no one higher. He's the Lord of lords. He's the Chief Lord. Man, I want you to think about this. This comes from Ephesians chapter 1, verse 21. Paul says, now He, Jesus, is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. Now, that's the New Living Translation. And look at what he says. And God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over everything. Now, I want you to think about this. I put it like that because it makes it more identifiable. The New Living Translation says that he, Jesus, is far above any other ruler or any other authority or any other power or leader or anything else. If you read it in the King James, listen how it's worded. Man, it's all about his name. Listen what it says, and I'll read it to you right quick unless you want to turn there with me and look at it. 
And that's what it was. He knew his name. He knew who he was. Listen to what it says right there in verse 21 in the King James. It says, For above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him head. Friends, there is no other name higher than the Most High. There is no other name mightier than the Almighty. That's why when you trust God, you can trust that whatever's going to happen, he's got it under his control. Friends, I don't know about you, but today, as I look at what's going on around me, I see a lot of people today in the church that live a life that they don't realize the danger of. Friends, today, I want to ask you, are you as close to the Lord as you wish you was or need to be? Has there ever been a time when you were closer to the Lord? Today, do you know that you're saved, that you're born again? Friends, every time we get away from the Lord, we open ourselves up to access to the devil getting us. When he's promised us a place of refuge, a place where we can find shelter. Um, I don't know about y'all, but have y'all noticed it's real hot lately? Well, the other day, there's a guy that I look at on Facebook named Charlie Burroughs. And I looked at Charlie Burroughs, and he done got him a patio umbrella and strapped it on his bass boat. And I looked at it, I said, man, that looks stupid. But then I started looking, I said, man, look at all that shade. And I went fishing after that, and it was hot. There wasn't no wind. 11 o'clock, I had to come home. Man, I'm thinking, I'm going to go buy me one of them patio umbrellas. And Diane said, we got one. Remember that yard sale? Your mama got you that set? I said, yeah, and it was up in the loft. I went and got it down out of my loft, and I looked at it, and being the redneck I am, it took me about five minutes to devise a plan to set it up. And I went and found me a way to hood it in my boat, and I put it in there. I sat in my chair, and I turned the crank. I had shelter. But you got to be close enough under that umbrella to be in that shade. Charlie Burrow says it makes a 20-degree difference. Try it out. I promise you won't regret it. So I sent a picture to Jody. He said, I've seen it all. I'm embarrassed. I ain't never fishing with you ever again. You know what? Sometimes I think that's how we are with God. To dwell in his presence, you can't be ashamed. You can't. Sometimes you're going to stick out. They're going to say, he's one of them Jesus fanatics. He's one of them crazy people. Man, he gets up every day. You can't be like everybody else. You're going to be different. You know what? When we go out there to the Lake of the Pines, I ain't know but Charlie Burroughs in me. But we won't have shade. We're going to be under the shelter. You know what? The majority of people will never live under the shelter of his wings and feel the comfort of his feathers because the majority of us don't live that close to God. We'll never experience the refuge and the peace and the comfort and the safety in our heart, the peace beyond understanding because in all honesty, it's not what we do. It's what he does that gives us that. And where does it come from? It comes from him, not from us, not from being churchy, not from being religious, not from trying harder, from positioning yourself in the dwelling place, in his presence. Today, he'll let you in. He's died to make it possible. He's saying, leave where you've been and come to me. Friends, I'm here to tell you, the government can't keep you protected. Your money can't keep you protected. Your home Nothing can keep you in security but God. Ain't that an awesome thought? Jesus loves us that much. 
He has promised us security in the days in which we live. Would you stand with me this morning? We're going to sing a song. First, I want to make a plea to anyone who doesn't know for sure they're saved. I wouldn't go one day without knowing I had it right with God. Because, man, I want to tell you, for one thing, he could call us home before we get home today. You may not make it back. There were people at that ball game that ran for their lives. They might could have, they could have got shot. They don't know, you don't know. But friends, there's also the possibility that Jesus is coming back and it'll be too late. Today is the day of salvation for the one who needs it. If you need it, he'll save you. And for those of us who are saved, friends, we need to make our true, honest judgment day, honest opinion today. Am I safe where I am and where I dwell? Or do I need to get closer to God? Today's your fortunate, blessed day. Today, you can come close. He will let you in. Jesus said, come to me all who are weak and heavy laden and I will give you rest. He'll 